Hi, welcome to the Bucko Fever Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Franson, and it is the end of opening day. Um, pretty fun day. Pirates came out with a win. It was a long game, um, but they came, they pulled it out and had a lot of help from uh, their bullpen, had a lot of help from the Cubs pitching and you know, all the walks. Um, but the offense did pretty well too. So it was a really well-rounded game. Uh, and today uh, it's going to be fun because I'm going to talk to Anthony DeFilippo. Uh, he's the host of the City of Bridges podcast as well as a part-time contributor to uh, Bucks in the Basement and all the stuff that they do. Uh, so we'll talk to him in a second. Um, but before that, you know, let's have a word from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, my guest today is Anthony DeFilippo, host of the City of Bridges podcast. He's also a part-time contributor to uh, Bucks in the Basement podcast, blog, whatever, all the different things they have going on over there. So, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on today, Anthony. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Charlie. It was a it was an exciting game today, so I'm excited to talk some Pirates baseball. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's just you know get right into that. Like, I love opening day. Um, so this was a, this was a good day because, you know, the pirates did come out with a win. Uh, what were some of the things that you got out of today that you're really encouraged by? Oh, I, I mean, where, where else should we start? I mean, the bullpen, absolutely. (laughs) Six shutout innings. Uh, Dwayne Underwood, Clay Holmes, David Bednar showed pretty nasty stuff. They struck out. I think two of them struck out the side and another one struck out too. I mean, how much better than that can you, can you get? Yeah, and I mean, you throw Sam Howard in there too. He was nasty. Yeah. Like I don't know if I've ever seen Sam Howard look as good as he did today. Um, but yeah, I I was super happy with the bullpen. Um, I got a little nervous um, mm. towards the end there when they had burned through their bench and the whole pen, and it was uh, you know coming down to Richard Rodriguez. Not didn't look that great in the spring, oh. so. I, I was trying to figure out who was left, and it was really just Ovedo, and I didn't see. I, I didn't really want to see him coming in in a in a high leverage situation and like extra innings or anything like that. But um, Rich, Rich Rod pulled it together. Thank <laughs> and, God. Yeah, um, and really just he got. A, I think he got a couple nice calls, but they were good pitches. And Stalling showed his worth by being able to frame them like he did. Um, so yeah, that the bullpen, like you said, you can't, you can't say enough. And then going into this season, um, that was something that I was super encouraged by just their performance in the spring. And it, it really carried over to the first game. I agree. I, I really liked their bullpen coming into the spring and I was, I was, I don't know why, but I was more nervous about Stratton and Rodriguez pitching than I was mm-hmm. when, when Underwood Holmes and Bednar were pitching just because of that spring performance. I mean, they all three of those guys look good. Sam Howard too. I didn't even mention him, but I mean, I, I like I like what I saw at this bullpen. Yeah, and you know, then on the the other side of the pitching there, you know, Chad Cool looked like Chad Cool. Like this is kind of what you see from him. You know, he struggles with control at some point during every start, but generally pulls it together. He threw a lot of pitches today. Um, or else I think he, he could have gone another inning. But, you know, what did you think of Cool? Um, I mean, it was definitely iffy to start. I think he had, like, 30-plus pitches in the first inning. I mean, and, and with one run of damage, I mean, that's that's kind of the player Chad Cool is. If, if he gets himself into trouble, he will get himself out of a jam if he has to. I mean, I think – I'm not concerned. First start of the season, I think – I think the the big teller will be his first full season of work after the uh, after the Tommy John surgery. That sixty game season wasn't enough to to show that he was fully recovered. I think he is, but but I think I think Chad Cool needs to prove himself this season for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think his spring was a little um, you couldn't really pull a lot from it because he didn't he really didn't pitch a whole lot because he, he did have a baby and yeah. his wife had a baby, so he was kind of away. And then pitched um, some of the like the I guess the B game, uh, so there was a, to- a good chunk of time where we really didn't didn't see cool. Um, but yeah, it's like like you said, like he gets himself into trouble and 
you know, last year, what we saw was he was able to get himself out of it, and he did that again today. So, yeah, I'm not super worried about him yet. It's early, but you know, that, you know, coming out with just one run, considering, the, you know, getting himself out of jams plus the the bad, the bad defense. Yeah, time time will absolutely tell with Cool and, and even some of these other guys that that we're looking to to see if they have the stuff, if they have I know Tyler Anderson and Mitch Keller are both pitching this weekend. Uh and, and I think both of them, I, I especially Mitch Keller, is gonna be a huge part of our future. So I think I think we need to see some stuff some stuff out of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean all that's pretty much like like you know, like you said, Keller is hopefully a big part of the future all these other guys you want to see them play well because they're they're trade bait so they're part of the future but not necessarily their play the guys that they could bring back are, are going to be what what we bank on for the future so um yeah we need tyler and the pirates need tyler anderson they need chad cool to to continue to pitch well uh, for the first half of the season yeah you know i mean another thing i i saw it was just kind of interesting is both starters really only pitched. They only pitched three innings today. I mean, sixty-three pitches. I think for both starters, somewhere around there, and and that'll be a big thing in the beginning of the season. Will the bullpens for both teams, or for for every team in the MLB, be able to pull together? It's going to be best bullpen wins most games. I think. Yeah, I agree. And, and th- today was um, was good to see with the. the with how strong the Pirates' bullpen looked, but it's also kind of concerning because they burned through all of them today. Um, And that, over the span of a season, you really can't, you know, go through that many guys. So um, it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, the starters coming off a season where they didn't get a whole lot of innings, how limited are they going to be going down, uh, going down the road and how burned out are some of these bullpen guys going to get. Yeah, I think I think what you saw from the bullpen today, I don't think I think you, they would have left Cool out there one more inning if they didn't have an off day tomorrow because yeah, that's going to give those bullpen guys an extra day of rest, got them their first action of the season already. So when they come out, if they pitch on Saturday, they're not super nervous. They're like, okay, we already pitched in a game, we're good to go, and yeah, yeah, I yeah. I I agree. So I think the the off day definitely definitely helped with that. Um, on the other side, in the in the other dugout, um, Cubs pitching. Oh, right. <laughs> Did not look good. <laughs> Where do we start with that? Oh gosh, the eleven. I mean, the eleven walks is just like the the starting point for their pitching. Yeah, I was um, I was worried because you know we were uh, set a time for for seven o'clock. I was afraid the game was still going to be going on right. because because the Cubs pitchers just walked so many guys the game just kept going and going and going yeah i think i think it took like two hours just to get through the first three innings yeah (laughs) four hour game on opening day i mean i guess i don't think that'll be the case for the rest of the season it also seemed like a bunch of those cubs pitchers were wasting a lot of time between pitches too which i don't know if that's that's normal for them but but a couple of those pitchers that they that came in i was like how have they not how what are what are they even doing on the mound yeah, it was it was just slow, like all around, just slow baseball. Um, and I'm sure weather kind of played a little bit too. You, I don't know why you start a season in in Chicago. Oh my god! Um, at the beginning of April, but M- the MLB does every year, and this is what happens. Um, so, you know, I'm sure weather played played a little bit of a part in in some of the some of the uh, performances that we saw. But you know, I'm I'm encouraged by what the Pirates did. And uh, I'm also encouraged by what the Cubs did, and hopefully that they're <laughs> they're that bad. Yeah, the Cubs, their bullpen looked super concerning today. I don't know, I don't know if it's just their first outing of the season or or what's going on there. But I mean, I don't think that's an excuse because the Pirates guys looked great. So I think the Cubs, if if they keep their bullpen up like this, then and the walks, if the walks keep up like they're keeping up, they're going to give up a ton of runs eventually, especially. Yeah. I mean, the Pirates did not hit well with runners in scoring position. So I think if they the bullpen pitches badly and uh, other teams start to hit in scoring position, that's that's going to spell disaster for the for the Cubs. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of the, you know, uh, hitting with uh, runners in scoring position, what do you think about the Pirates like uh, offensively today? What were some things you liked out of that? 
You know what? I I didn't mind their offense today. They their uh, hitting approaches around all around were were really good. I think I think they they could have done better. I mean, Dustin Fowler had a had a weird thing uh, not tagging up or whatever. I don't know what the what the explanation is going to be on that one. But but overall hitting, I think I think the team was looking great. I think Key Brian Hayes was hitting the ball like Key Brian Hayes does, especially that home run in the first inning. Uh, Jacob Stallings getting a getting a pair of hits that double mm. that could have been was close to a home run it was probably a couple feet from a homer uh, Brian Reynolds Kevin Newman you know what some of these some of these guys are going to be huge to the Pirates moving forward so so it was good to see some of that hitting yeah. stuff today yeah um, the guys that hit in spring training appear to still be hitting um, you know Hayes every time he makes pretty much every time he makes contact, the balls hit very hard. Um, that he just missed a, a double um, right before that. I think it was right before the, what should have been a sack fly yeah. when, when Fowler didn't advance, but um, he looked good. Frazier's Frazier. He's Great, hitting. Yeah. Well. Um, I liked what you said about the approaches. One guy that like really stood out to me today was Colin Moran. Colin Moran didn't have a hit, but he walked three times. I noticed like Colin Moran in the past, would swing at junk, and he really wasn't doing that today. Polanco, on the other <laughs> hand, was Polanco and still swung at some junk, but oh. he still got a walk. Um, but yeah, I was I I like that approach from Colin Moran, and I think that's how he's gonna, um, you know, see success this year just by getting on base more. Um, but yeah, I mean, two hits from Stallings. Uh, Alford was kind of a mixed bag for me. Yeah. He looked very patient at the plate and got a couple walks and then three strikeouts and he looked terrible. Like he was swinging at really bad pitches. Um, but again, first, first game of the season with what I'll take what the pirates did today, pretty much any other day, mm -hmm. uh, the rest of the year. And I, I think that that, that'll be a big uh, milestone for them, a big you know step forward if they're able to produce even close to this. I think I think Colin Moran, lefty lefty, is is a big reason why they didn't keep Todd Frazier on this team. They wouldn't be able to get him at bats. I feel like I feel like Colin Moran deserves to even start against lefties. I think I think his approach against lefties. I think he drew a walk against a lefty today, and it was a it was a long a pretty long at bat. Uh, and I think Colin Moran is is pretty good. Uh, Gregory Polanco was he swung at some stuff that Gregory Polanco would normally swing at. And miss, uh, and then and then Alford, I think I think there was a point in that game where I, I thought to myself, I was like, is Anthony Alford bad? And then he drew a walk, and then I was like, okay, he's good again. Then he struck out, and I was like, I, it was kind of ba a back and forth with Alford, and that was after the Dustin Fowler hit, and then Dustin Fowler, of course, made that base running error, and I was like, nope, keep Alford in. Yeah, it's funny you say that. that's pretty much exactly what what I felt the whole time with Alford with you know. Struck out like oh that you know why do you swing at that? But then it had a really nice at bat. He drew the walk, got picked off, which oh, was yeah. not not great. Um, but yeah, it was like a real back and forth thing with him. He looked really patient, and then would look really bad. Um, but yeah, like you said, the base running has I as long as I can remember, really, it's been a thing with the Pirates, especially over the last like five five six years. You know, Starling Marte used to get picked off all the time. Yeah. Um, but it looks like that still a little bit of the issue of an issue there, you know, that thing with Fowler, I'd like to know like what, what that was because Joey Cora should have been yelling for him to tag, um, the whole time and not let him get that far down, uh, the third baseline, but who knows? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of the, of the people are going to be putting the blame on Fowler, but, but I agree with you. Cora should have been like, Hey, like, what are you doing halfway down the line whenever, Key Brian Hayes just hit a fly ball to right field. Like, get back on the bag, tag up, get your run. You're you're decently fast. That's definitely deep enough for him to score. And I think I think I mean if I think if the Pirates even added an, another run on the board, they would have had a, a more comfortable path to victory. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I liked what you said earlier about with Moran and you know keeping him against lefties, and that being one of the reasons why they were maybe more comfortable with letting Todd Frazier go. And, and um, I didn't even really think of it that way, but that's a really good point. Be, 
when Todd Frazier signed, I didn't think he was definitely a lock because I like what Phil Evans brings to the team, that, that versatility. And then Frazier came in and everybody fell in love with him when they mic'd him up uh, in the spring training game. Uh, he hit he hit okay, but I just um, I thought it was interesting that they cut him, but I wasn't totally shocked. Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't like Frazier hit any ungodly amount of homers or, or got a hit every time he he came up to the plate. I mean he hit some of his at bats he struck out, and some of his at bats he got hits. I mean, and and keeping Philip Evans on the roster, I think we might have had to sacrifice him for Frazier on the forty man roster. And, and possibly losing Evans to, to waivers or something like that. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it was really worth, worth it in a sense, I think. And then and when we got to bring Todd Frazier back, so it was like a win-win for the pirates. Yeah. Like, especially going down to that last week or so, like um, of, of spring training when Frazier tweaked his back, um, you know, he's 35. You don't necessarily bounce back from those type of things. Very, uh, you know, real quick, quickly. And that could have gone into uh, Ben, been sharing his decision but I really liked how Phil Evans was playing and um, I actually I like Phil Evans a lot I think he could be a part of this team you know moving forward and you know hopefully the success in a couple years as being almost like a like a Josh Harrison type just moving around all over the place Um, you hope you kind of never get to that point where you have to rely on Evans maybe to start for a really long period of time Um, but I think he he could if he had to, um, but yeah, I, I like Phil Evans, and I was glad that they didn't have to try to to do anything with him, um, and were able to keep him around. I mean, the Pirates, the Pirates have a lot of players that can play a lot of different positions, and that's one of my favorite things about this team. Philip Evans can play second, first, third. You need to put him in the outfield, stick him in right field. Uh, Eric Gonzalez can play. I mean, he played first, second, shortstop, third, center field. I mean. Yeah. I think the po- the possibilities for this team, even Dustin Fowler went over to first base the other day, looked halfway decent. I mean, I think the possibilities are endless for this team, as, as, and I think they're doing a really good job getting the versatility out of some of these players. Yeah, I agree. I, I like um, moving Gonzalez around. Um, I think that gives him way more value because, you know, before the uh, before the season, even at the end of last season, I was, would have been okay if they had – uh, non-tendered Gonzalez and just let him go because he was just terrible the last month or so of the season. Um, and they have guys that can, you know, they can plug in there at short Newman and even Colt Tucker, yeah. other guys coming, but um, with Gonzalez he hit really well in the spring, add that versatility. He's definitely a, a good guy off the bench. Um, and I like that they move Fowler to first. And I think that's, um, one difference that um, I see with this team under like Ben Charrington is they just don't settle for Todd Frazier. They realize they have guys that are just as good as as a 35 year old Todd Frazier without the the name. Um, and they're, they're okay with letting him go. And like you said, they were able to, to bring him back. So. Not just without the name really, but without the age too. I mean, yeah. Philip Evans is, is basically a 26 year old, 35-year-old Todd Frazier, if yeah. that makes sense in a way. I mean, they're pretty much going to fill the same role on this team, and and Evans has added versatility to what Frazier would bring. Frazier, I think the pro to him is, is just his veteran presence, but I don't know. I think I think Philip Evans definitely needs to get a chance on this team. Yeah, yep, I, I, I agree. Um, and, you know, like I, like I already said, I think he – he could be like this uh, super utility guy moving forward and for a while because he still has quite a few years of team control. So uh, I like the idea of them keeping those guys around as long as they, as long as they're, they're playing well and then just moving on when they're not, because there's other guys coming. Um, so, yeah. Um, what, what did you think of the, the roster moves coming down to today? Like, what do you think about the, the way, um, what what do you think they're going to do once Crick comes back? Because I guess he's on. I saw two reports. I saw he's on paternity leave. I also saw that he is on uh, in the COVID protocol because he's coming back from being away from the team. Uh, he'll be back in a few days, I would assume. Um, what do you do then? Like who who leaves the roster? Um, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, uh, I think the easy move would be to move Will Crow down because. 
he, I mean, I guess he would have been available out of the bullpen today should the Pirates have needed him along with Oviedo. But, but I think the fact that they didn't really use Will Crow today, I think that definitely means that he'll be gone. I think that, or, or not gone, but sent back down to triple at least, uh, or to the alternate site or wherever he may go. But I think, I think Will Crow is the next one off the team for sure. Yeah. Um, my, my, I like Will Crow. If, if they send him down, that kind of cancels out their whole six-man rotation <laughs> thing that they were going to go with. But really, they don't, they don't even need a fifth starter for like a couple weeks. Yeah, they also don't really have any other options because what would they do? They, I, guess, I guess they could technically move Clay Holmes down. He's, I think he's out of options, though. He might. He I think, okay, he is out of options. So they can't really move him uh, unless they want to lose him again. Uh, if they or lose him and, and they possibly might want to, I don't know. Uh, Michael Feliz, he, he was available in the bullpen today. What, what we didn't see him in, in the six innings. That's crazy. I mean, we they chose Underwood and and Holmes over Feliz. I think that's a big telling sign, yeah. And I think we actually we were talking about Feliz. You had a really um good good piece on him the other day. We, we were talking on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally fine if they were to let Feliz go like I don't I think we've seen what we're going to see from Michael Feliz um I don't know if anybody would would necessarily claim him if they tried to pass him through waivers by you know designating him um but we saw it in the spring he showed flashes and then he showed the other flashes of just not being hit really hard um so yeah I I totally forgot about Feliz today, um, but yeah, I would. That's that's the thing. If they when they send Crow down, if they don't send Crow down, then they have to like other the only guy I think in the bullpen with options other than uh, I think Richard Rodriguez technically does, but they're not sending no. him down. Um, is Bednar? And really, no chance. You, you can't send <laughs> Bednar down at this point. No chance they send David Bednar down. If they send David Bednar down, I don't know what I'm going to do because. He's he's looked he's looked amazing. I mean, he, the, the strikeouts, the stuff, the cur- his curveball today looked like a wiffle ball. I mean, didn't even look like yeah. he was throwing a baseball. It looked illegal. I mean, I I think I mean it's basically either designate someone for assignment, send Will Crow down, or what do you do from there? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're the, since they added Clay Holmes and really. With what Holmes did today and what he did over the spring, I don't see them trying to pass him through because I think he'll get claimed. hundred um, percent. Yeah, with the way and there's other other teams are losing relievers, you know, right and left. That's like every other year in baseball, but you you can't risk Clay Holmes at this point. Um, yeah, I guess Sam Howard technically has options, but again, he struck three guys and out. And he's today, a lefty. And he, yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't so, send that you can't have no lefties in your bullpen. You just can't go through a season yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's going to it's probably like you said it has to be Will Crow um, at some point if they might have to go to that six man uh rotation and you know by the time that comes around probably one of these guys will have imploded. <laughs> <laughs> probably Michael Feliz. Um and then you know they'll they'll have an easy an easy out there. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I think it's just gonna be interesting to see Kyle Crick pitch. I'm assuming he'll he'll probably be out for a couple extra days just because he has to he has to test negative for COVID a couple times. Whatever yeah. whatever happens there, I don't know I don't know exactly how many days that is. Probably be probably less than a week. I'd say he'll he'll be back by the yeah. opener next week. But I mean, even if even if he implodes, I would not count out the possibility that Kyle Crick might be DFA'd off this team. He actually still has options. He has though. options. Wow. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, he, that's a good point. They could send him down and let they him could do that. Um, work it out a little bit because uh, I think they've done that in the past with him like, a couple they years ago. They did that with Richrod too a couple years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting seeing like. Like I've said on on my podcast and on um, Twitter, and I, I you know you said this is a really deep bullpen and a really deep core of like relievers. They still have, um, and I was really I wasn't shocked that they 
cut him, but um, was uh, Chase and Shreve. Yeah, Chase and – yeah, I mean, it was it was really between Howard and Shreve, and I think what won Howard the competition there was the 40-man position because that's a really big thing. And and they could have lost Howard and, and added Shreve, or they could have kept – I guess I guess they knew that beforehand. They knew that Shreve didn't have an out in this contract where there was absolutely no chance – because I think if he did have an out, he would just he would just leave. But but I think the fact that he had no out and you get to keep both Howard and Shreve and uh, Edgar Santana and Jeff Hartlieb yeah. and some of these other guys, M- Miguel Yahure could even work out of the bullpen if you needed him to. I think their additions, along with the people that are getting back from injury, like Santana or suspension in his case, uh, even Hart- Hartlieb looked good in the majors last season, and now he's in AAA. Yeah. Yeah, and there's even some like weird fringe guys. Like I, I liked what I saw out of Sean Poppin sometimes. Right. <laughs> uh, the other times, looked, though. Yeah, he looked really good at times, and then you know, got hit around. He had one game where it really wasn't his doing. There was some really bad defense behind him. Um, but him, you have Bashlor. I think those are the first two guys to get. DFA if they need to add anybody Absolutely. to and um but yeah it, it's it's crazy how deep um these guys are and we're gonna see pretty much all these guys as the year goes forward and probably even more. Cody Ponce. I don't know what's going yeah. on with him. It looks like he won't get put on the injured list since he didn't. I don't think he He got on the 10 he got on the, whatever t- the 10, 10 day 10, 10 day, day injured list. Day. Whatever. I don't yeah. think we're going to need him in the next 10 days, but we will see Cody Ponce at some point, probably even making a start at some point. Yeah. And I could, before the season, I saw him as being the, the floater, being that six man, they, you know, send him down, bring well, kind of like what they did last yeah. year. And Ponce really worked well in that role. Uh, but um, yeah, him being hurt, slowed him down. I could also see him being moved to the 60 man. Uh, if they need to to bring somebody up like a Streve just to get somebody on a roster. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, see what happens. <laughs> um, so what do you think, of, like, moving forward, like, what, what do you, how do you think this season's going to go? Like, what is your uh, prediction for the Pirates? Well, uh, today was a really good start but I don't expect to see a win every single night, of course, but, but I don't, I don't expect to see it more than often, but I think the pirates, they, they're, they're a promising team. They're hitting is going to be much better than it was in 2020. I mean, it, it can't, it can't be worse. Let's be honest. Their hitting wasn't great last season. I think, I think they're, they're going to have some hitters. Key Brian Hayes, a full season is going to absolutely help this Pirates offense. It it already he already did in September or tried to. Uh Brian Reynolds, I think, is gonna have a bounce back season. I said he I said earlier that he's gonna hit over three hundred this season. I see him hit, hitting over three hundred again. Kevin Newman, uh if he can continue to look good heading all the way from the spring into the uh in into the regular season, deep into the regular season. I don't know. I think the sky's the limit for the Pirates. I think they're they're going to have a, I think they're going to have a better year than what most people think. Cause I, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying they're going to have a hundred plus losses. I don't see them having more than 90 losses on the season. Yeah. I, I have like a, a love hate relationship with social media <laughs> uh, and the pirates fans on there. Um, the, there's a nice group of rational uh, informed fans um, on there that, you know, I see a lot based on, you know, like who I follow and who follows right. me. Uh, then there's the um, spend nutting, win nutting guys. <laughs> That's all they say all the time. Um, and I, I don't see the Pirates being as bad. No. I don't think they're they're not going to win the division. Um, they, I was in theory, they could. But they need absolutely every single thing to go right, and that's not. No, it is not. I think I think the Pirates. <laughs> I I think they're going to finish in last place, but they're not going to finish as far behind the fourth place team, which I think is going to be the Chicago Cubs. It's going to be Chicago Cubs yeah. fourth place, I think, 
in this division. I mean, I don't know. I mean, early, I guess it's just one game, but I thought before the season they would finish in fourth place uh, oh. because their lineup just isn't great. And I think Bryant and Rizzo are going to – Bryant Rizzo and Baez are going to pull that lineup as far as they can go, but I don't think I don't think it's going to be enough to, to have them over the – I could see the Reds getting fourth place, but I think it's going to be Brewers-Cardinals at the top. Yeah, that's same with me. I think it's the Reds and, and the Cubs are kind of interchangeable. Uh, I think the Reds are slightly better, but if the Reds have one or two injuries, they're in the same boat as the Cubs. Um, but I, I think the Pirates, I think it's not out of the realm of the possibility that they win 70 to 75 games. I would, that would be, that would be great for them. I was, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say, but I think the Pirates could could finish close to 500, and if they finish close to 500, that would be a really, 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 really good season for the Pirates this season. Uh, and I think if the Cubs, the Cubs, if they finish just just above the Pirates, I think that'll be a really down season for them, especially since they have Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez all leaving here in free agency. I mean, what what are they gonna sign back for if? If the team's not willing to fix their pitching, which it didn't really seem like they tried to over the offseason, they they even dealt Darvish. I mean, why would you be? How would you try to fix your pitching by by dealing one of your top reliever? I mean, starting arms. Yeah, yeah, and like, I think, like I, I've said on on my other episodes of my podcast, I think the Pirates are in like a really, really good situation. And it's okay if they finish last. Like it, it, it's okay this year because um, we're just looking for yep. progress. And I think that they have guys on this team that are gonna be a lot better than they were last year. Like I think you mentioned Brian Reynolds. I also think he'll hit a, a three hundred or better. Uh, you know, if he can bounce back to that that caliber of of player and you know that performance, I think they're looking at him for a um, extension. Because, uh, you know, they're thin with outfield prospects. Um, so to lock somebody like Brian Reynolds down for another, you know, four or five years, uh, that's going to be pretty big for them. Um, and, you know, Hayes has been great. I hope they can get something worked out with him. Uh, but, you know what, Kevin, Kevin Newman, I don't – I think if he plays, you know, like he's been playing, I don't expect him to hit – you know, 700, but, you know, if he could be around 300, he, he was in 2019. Um, that's, that's pretty, pretty good for, for us. That's a pretty good start for the pirates, you know, moving. And that's forward. a, that could spell trouble for Cole Tucker. I mean, what the heck is going to happen yeah. with him if, if that happens? Because Cole Tucker went from being the shortstop of the pirates future to a triple a fringe guy, basically. And, and maybe not even that. That's probably that's probably what he's gonna. I, I think I think Cole Tucker still has more to more to show than what he actually is showing right now. But if Kevin Newman holds that shortstop position and why? Okay, well I expect Adam Frazier to get traded this season, so maybe we could see Tucker there, but at second. But I don't think Tucker's gonna be a shortstop when he comes up. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm back and forth on that. Like I Earth in the in the spring. I was hoping, and in the offseason even, I was hoping they could get a good deal for Frazier and then move Newman over to second, start Cole Tucker at short, see what he can do. Um, because otherwise, I think he's at best like a super utility guy. And if that bat doesn't play, he's going to be out of the league in a couple of years. Um, but he's, he's one of those, he was a cheap first-round pick for Huntington so he could spend the money in the next couple rounds, you know, trying to buy guys away from college commitments. Um, and that's that, because I, I really like yeah. Cole Tucker. I think if Cole Tucker uh, was given a chance, I th- he's one of those guys that, that Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh fans can really latch on to. Um, he's got a really good personality. He's always smiling. But I said he's like the Heinz Ward of baseball. He's just always grinning. I think people would, would really latch on to him. Um, Unfortunately, if he doesn't hit, it doesn't matter how much he smiles. They're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna jump on board. Yeah, sm- uh, smiles don't really get you that check in the MLB. I mean, 
I think I think he could have all the energy in the world and hit 150 and and just be gone forever, never to return, yeah. be in the minors forever. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, that's I, like like you said, there, there's still more there. I think uh, we'll see him at some point because he's not he's not the type of guy that you're just gonna totally give up on. Um, I, I think the worst thing for him this spring was getting hurt. Um, you know, if he, he hadn't gotten hurt, um, we might be talking about, you know, Cole, Cole Tucker being a super utility guy and, you know, Eric Gonzalez being somewhere else because he wouldn't have got as many at-bats. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, another thing I wanted to point out was the Pirates released who they have on the taxi squad to start this season. Guess who's not on there? Mm-hmm. Cole Tucker's not on there. They have Rodolfo yeah. Castro uh, and Wilmer yeah. Defoe both on there, and Cole Tucker is not, and that is – a really, really bad sign for him. Yeah, that's really telling about where where he stands right now. Like, if they go by spring performances, Wilmer Defoe outplayed yeah. him. Like, Wilmer Defoe, and again, Cole Tucker was hurt. He missed some time. But Wilmer Defoe played pretty well. I think you know what you're going to get out of Wilmer Defoe. He's a light-hitting but really good defensive, um, you know, infielder. And then Castro, the, that's the big mm-hmm. one for me. Castro, who's never, never played above uh, double. I believe. I be- yeah. yeah. When he when he jumps a former first round pick that has major league experience like that, um, that that's not good. Um, unless there's something we don't know, like Cole Tucker. Maybe they're just letting him rest more. You know, injury. Who knows? But yeah, it's not a good sign. No, not at all. I mean, uh, Cole Tucker, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I think Rodolfo Castro is going to end up jumping him at some point because Castro can play second and third. Uh, so I I think Cole Tucker, I mean, the hair the hair's great. The smile's great. The the look is great for, for Cole Tucker, but but I don't think I don't think that's uh, that that might get him Vanessa Hudgens, but that won't get him a spot in MLB. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um yeah and that's you know i mean that was some of hunting neil huntington's um you know drafting there you know first round cheap um pick like a like a tony sanchez colt will craig like those guys kind of all fell in the same uh category and you know look look where they are um but i like <laughs> like you said with colt tucker i don't think we're done seeing him i don't think we've seen the last of will craig either um but he didn't, you know, set the world on fire in the spring. No. So I think I think Philip Evans is what is ruining Will Craig's possibilities in the MLB right now because, and and other guys too. I mean, Will Craig's not he got booted off the forty man. He had the forty man re- yeah. leverage, and then that just all disappeared. Same with Kevin Kramer, who basically fell off the face of the yeah. earth. He was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the guy up the middle. It was supposed to be Seinfeld, middle infield. Uh, Kramer and Newman. Yep. It would have been it would have been awesome to see that, but it just didn't work out. <laughs> Poor Kevin Kramer. I don't think I've ever seen anybody have as horrible a spring as he had, and he just they kept throwing him out. There. <laughs> That's the thing, and he it's awful, terrible at the plate. I just felt bad for him. But but yeah, I mean he was he's another good example of um, comparing if you look at like MLB pipeline top thirties comparing like what's there now to what was there in the Huntington era. I mean, Kevin Kramer was a, was rated pretty high. Uh, Will Craig was rated pretty high at, at certain times. And, you know, whether it be just lack of talent or lack of development, you know, that I think that's telling. And I think, um, you know, Ben Charrington and with what he's been able to do, granted, we're still going to, it's going to be years before, you know, we see a lot of these guys and see what they can do, but I feel a lot better about that list than a list that has, you know, Kevin Kramer is like a top 10, top 15. Probably. I think, I think one thing we talk about a lot is the futures, right? What about the present? What about, what about guys that are there now? What about Kevin Newman? Kevin Newman is, is yeah. the most underrated person I've seen for the amount of hate he gets. He, they, like people think he's, he's good as gone in a couple of years. Like, 
O'Neill Cruz is going to take him over or, or somebody like that. I think Kevin Newman still has a legitimate shot to stick on this MLB roster. He's not the oldest guy. I believe he's 26 or 27. That's basically right in the prime of his career. I think last season, him not hitting well doesn't help, but I think he's going to have a bounce back season this year. He might not hit 300 again, but he, he could hit in the 280s, 290s, and that would be that would be great for him. The power is not going to show. I think Cruz has the power advantage, but I think Kevin Newman has the contact advantage. So there's a little give and take there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like there's um, there's a couple guys on this team that I, I keep, you know, speculating that the Pirates um, 2023, 2024 is really where they could make like a really good push. There's no reason why Kevin Newman can't be part of that. You know, if he hits, um, you know, all those middle infielders, you know, Bay and um, Cruz and Gonzalez, and you know, unfortunately, they're probably all not going to be great. not great hitters at least. There's, yeah, there's going to be somebody that fizzles, and you know, if Kevin Newman's still around and you know, hitting. He could, you know, hitting 290 up in that area. That's like Adam Frazier territory. Um, and then you can, you can trade Kevin Newman for, for something better down the road. But um, yeah, I like, I like Kevin Newman. I don't, I don't get the hate. Like, I don't understand why so many people are, are as down on him um, as they are. Cause two, 2019 was great. Um, I don't put too much stock in the last year. Yeah. There were, you know, Polanco is one that you really worry about um, after last year. But even that, he had, you know, coming off injury and then COVID and all that stuff uh, working against him. But, um, but yeah, I, I think they have a decent core in, you know, Hayes, Reynolds, Newman, uh, maybe, maybe Alford. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> the, the, the center field is still um, a question mark. I, Going going into the season, I would have said uh, Brian Goodwin had that job with you know pl- platooning. With, he lost. With he lost it. He was t- he was bad, and I I was not expecting that. Um, and then you know Fowler didn't have a great spring, but youth, no options, already on the forty man. You got to go. You got to go with Fowler until he plays himself off of the, the roster. The issue with Fowler, in my mind, is he he is a straight pull hitter. All you have to do, you yeah. you don't even have to have anybody really on the left side because I I don't think I've ever seen him put a ball on the on the left side of the field. Like I I don't know. He just every time he steps up, he just straight pulls it. It and even today, his hit was a straight pull into right field. Yeah, and you know, as long as the shift's still there, they're just going to start playing with a really, really heavy shift, and it's going to totally negate any you know, half of his hits. Um, so, yeah, center field still, still, uh, still a big, pretty big hole. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the core. I think you know, with what's on the field right now, I think a lot of these guys uh, are going to be hopefully good trade chips. Um, as the year goes on, Frazier's is as good as trade gone. You know, he's going to get dealt. Um, Moran's another one. Moran, if he has a solid season going into the deadline, he could be of some value to some, some contenders. And, you know, at that point, that might be the best market Moran's going to get. Um, I could see him being traded and hopefully Polanco does something because this, this is his last year as a pirate. They're not going to pick up option hopefully he hits well enough that they can trade him even if i, I said in my uh, one of my podcasts even if he win is on pace to win the mvp um he's going to be traded they're not going to pay to extend him they're not going to pick up that option because his value will be so high that you know they they can't not yeah trade i mean him. uh gregory polanco is just he's so he's so confusing as a player to watch because 20, 2018 was a really good season for Polanco. 2018 and before, he was great. Then he had the worst slide in Major League Baseball history. And then <laughs> he just kind of fell off from there. And I don't know. I don't know if it, his time – I mean, his timing – we can't even blame it on the timing anymore. He just he just flat out flails at almost every pitch that's within five feet of the zone, it seems like. Just not great. Now, he's been – 
he's been one of the, I would say, bigger dis- disappointments that, that I've seen over the last several years because um, he was so hyped and he looked he looks the part like he looks like he should hit 35, 40 home runs and he just doesn't. And it just has these lapses where everything goes wrong. Um, and I, I always, my, my wife and my wife and I always uh, joke about Polanco with uh, his first game. Somebody hit a home run uh, out over uh, the Clemente wall and uh, Polanco was, was out there and, <laughs> Greg Brown and Bob Walk, I think we're calling the game. And Greg Brown says to, to Bob Walk something, oh, that was a monster shot. And Greg Brown's like, oh, I wasn't there. Bob Walk's like, I wasn't even watching the home run. I was just watching to see this kid Polanco and see how he reacts to somebody hitting a home run yeah. over his head. And like, that is the worst analysis. Plus, you're hyping this kid up. Over what kind of nothing. hype is that? That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, anytime Polanco comes up, um, you know, my wife's like, oh, he, he's walking on water. And, um, you know, it. he's just been really frustrating. It, it still happens, and, too. Like, they still want to yeah. still want to make Polanco out to be this guy who's is just going to hit absolute bombs every time he gets to the plate or at every game or every whatever. They, they still think he's a 40 home run potential. I mean, he's he's absolutely nowhere close to that. He, he'll be lucky to hit 20. He'll hit one, 150. And twenty homers, and and that still won't be. I mean, if he hits twenty five home runs, it it doesn't matter what his average is. It's it's probably going to be below two thirty or so. I don't think I don't think that's good enough to keep him around on this team. They they've got they've got guys sort of in the minor leagues that they could use that spot. Jared Oliver or, some, or somebody like that, even or just even like a good one or a Fowler for this season. Yeah, exactly, and the I think what would be nice for Polanco is if he were to, you know, next week have like two or three games where he's two for four, uh, maybe a couple home runs, hopefully. Uh, and then a team like the White Sox come calling and say, Hey, you know, what, what do you want for Polanco? And at that point you take pretty much whatever they're going to give you um, and just move on. Because like you said, there's Fowler, there's Goodwin, there's all of the, who knows who else will be coming up? Um, I think Swaggerty's still far. a little He's a little bit, bit further away, but but not too far uh, next year, I think. Yeah, and, you know, guys like you know, Cal Mitchell, they're still a couple years away and still have a lot of holes in their game um, that they need to figure out before they're, like, a viable um, option. So um, I was really hoping over the offseason in, in some of these – uh, some of the trades that they made or, you know, in other trades, maybe for with Frazier, that they were able to pull in um, some more outfielders. Um, you know, they were, they did get um, Smith and Jiba, um, but you know, they're still pretty thin. Yeah, I mean, Hudson, uh, Hudson Head and Smith and Jiba, I think both of them are, are I think both of them are going to be fine in the MLB, but, they're still they're still pretty far away, and to be honest, I yeah. don't. If we trade Polanco tomorrow, I'm not sure what we're gonna do because I think I think that well, the easy thing would be to call Jared Oliva up, but he's not he's not a starter in right field. I'm I, I don't think he is. I think he's a fourth outfielder at best, honestly. Yeah, I think I think if that were to happen, um, then you you try Fowler and. Um, I don't know if you add Goodwin, but you, I mean, you maybe add Goodwin, but mix in Phil Evans um, when he's not filling in somewhere in the infield. This, t- another thing today that was really kind of telling and, and a little bit of a concern is that four bench. Uh, they burned through all their guys. And I know this game was a, was an anomaly and that's not probably happened like this, hopefully going forward, but you know, they, they had nobody left on the bench after you know, Perez pinch hit. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that was just, I so. think that was just another thing. Like, I think it was just another thing. Like, like cool only went three innings. So by the time it got around to his second time in the order, he was, he was already out of the game. Basically. I think, I think there was a couple things that, that, that they could, that they definitely would have done, done differently had cool. They they're trying to ramp him up, I guess a little bit. I don't know. 
He didn't pitch a ton in spring training just because of the baby or whatever. So I think they're just going to be a little bit on the side of caution, especially given his injury history. Yep. So we got a lot of baseball left to play <laughs> and, you know, hopefully more baseball like we saw. Well, not exactly like we thought it maybe a little right. quicker, um, but as some more wins as the season goes on. So, um, yeah. So this is kind of where a, a stopping point. Do you have anything you wanted to plug in uh, or anything? I'll, I'll plug uh, I'll plug some of my social media. You can follow me on Twitter at City of Bridges P. I also have an Instagram. Uh, post some of my stuff over there. It's at City of Bridges Podcast. Uh, and and obviously listen to my podcast, City of Bridges. It it's a pretty good podcast, I'd say. I might be biased. Yeah, yeah. I second everything that you just said. Um, you know, Anthony does a great job with everything that that, that he puts out there. So, um, so yeah. You know, thanks for coming on, Anthony. I appreciate you having me on a couple weeks ago. I'm glad I could return the favor. Uh, I really like talking. Uh, no, absolutely. Baseball. I mean, I think I think there there could, there's definitely more opportunities for for more talks like this throughout the the rest of the season. It's going to be an interesting season. Yep, I I agree wholeheartedly. All right, well, Anthony, again, thanks for coming on, and you know, uh, we'll we'll talk to you. We'll talk yeah, to you later thanks. in the season. And then I'll stop. So, no, hey, thanks, thanks for coming. Again, I just want to thank Anthony uh, DeFilippo, the host of the City of Bridges podcast, for coming on today. So it was great to talk to Anthony. Um, I was a guest on his podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, really appreciate him coming on and talking some uh, Buckets baseball with me. Uh, so, again, you know, thanks for listening. You know, tune in. Um, next time and uh check me out on social media at bucko fever pod on twitter uh, bucko fever podcast on facebook uh, also uh, bucko fever podcast.com for my blog uh there should be a new entry uh to the blog over the next day or so uh so you know keep an eye out again i appreciate everybody listening and uh you know have a good one <laughs>